Reza Hashem, we're learning Mishmur in Simen Chav Zayin, Sif Aleph in the Ramah, and we're discussing Mokom Hanachosan V'oifen Hanachosan, the place and how to put on the tefillin, the place where the tomb belong on one's arm and respectively on one's head. The Ramah tells us V'tzoruch L'haniach B'roish Ha'etzem Ha'samuch L'kuvda. person has to put the tefillin on his arm when the the bone, the bone of the arm, he has to put it at the beginning of the bone towards the elbow. So if you take your arm, your bicep, there's a bone that comes by after the elbow all the way through towards your armpit. And the bone has, you can divide it into two parts. You want to put the tefillin on the lower half part, that's what the way the Mechaber and the Ramah learn. The Gra says, what page number are you on? In the Per Halacha Sefer? It's blurry when you get come close. There's a page number in the bottom. For those for those who um, would like to look inside in the Sefer, Per Halacha. 16. Page 16. So the Per Halacha is written by Rav David Hirsch Shlita. We've used it also for Hilchasitzis. Highly recommend it. Uh, he lives in Eretz Yisrael. He has given us permission in the past to use these pictures as well and to send them out. So um, you have the Chatsi Etzem. Here's, here's the bone. For those who don't see it because you listen to the audio, just picture your arm where your bicep is and that bone underneath your bicep. And there's... The bicep, you know, as, as the front part of the bicep and the, and the, the back part. So the Mechaber Ramah will say, place the tefillin on the front part of the bicep towards your the direction of your elbow. The Gros says you could put it higher up towards your armpit. Now, the Paiskim conclude that Lechatchila, you should put your tefillin, like the Mechaber Ramah say to do it, in the half where it's towards your armpit of your bicep. And that's what now we have over here, where the Ramah says, once again, Put the tefillin at the beginning of the bone, place of the bicep, towards the, the elbow. Not like the Gras says. The Ramah says, put it in the beginning, in the direction towards your, towards your elbow, and not towards your armpit, on the muscle. Now we discuss the case of, well, let's first here see the Mishnah in Sif Kotin Dalit, Beroisha Etzim. Ein Ritzsoyna Loimar, Ein Roisha Etzim Mamish, doesn't mean the, literally the beginning of where the bone starts. The Hosma Dain Namachabasa, there's no meat over there. Yeah, there's no basa, there's no, there's no bicep. Vachi Yaskal Yos Gavoya Ein Mokamat Filin, and until it starts. To get high till your bicep starts to get elevated, that's not the place of the tefillin. So a person has to be very careful. The same way which we're going to learn that if a person puts his tefillin below his original hairline, he is not wearing tefillin. And this unfortunately is a machala. This is a problem that exists wherever I've been. I've seen these problems in, in different places, different shuls, different countries. We have to make sure the tefillin are above the original hairline. Not only that, tefillin that are below the place of the bicep and it's in the pocket, like I call it, 
of the elbow, it's not in the right place. And the person's not wearing his tilin shalyad. And that's exactly what the Mishnah is saying over here. The Ein Al Zashem Kibayus is not called your bicep. means the high part of the bone, which is your bicep. The Ramah is not coming to tell me a chiddush over here. Rak only in that which he concludes, When the Ramah says, don't put your tefillin on the higher part of your bicep towards your armpit. That's what the Gras says, it's, a, it's okay. The Ramah is saying, one should not. Even though the Ramah is saying that you have some bicep towards the upper part, towards your armpit, the Ramah says that's not the location where the tilm belongs. Like as we have said, the Gra is of the opinion, which we'll see in a second, that is the location. But now we're discussing the Mishnah Brewer on the Ramah. And the Mechaber agrees, Ramah and Mechaber agree in the same opinion that the Tfilin belong on the lower part. When I say lower part, you have the higher part of the bicep and the lower part of the bicep. Toward, lower part meaning towards the elbow. That's where the Tfilin belong. And therefore also one should not have Tfilin that are too big. This that the Mechaber says that the film belong on your basar, on your meat of your bone, which is the bicep. The Mishra explains as well, this means the lower part of the bicep. The Gras says the whole entire Bicep is kosher to put the tefillin. V'chei mashu v'prisha as well. The prisha agrees with the grah. V'akopanim lemat mimokim hakibayis pasul kuliyama. Everyone agrees that if the tefillin are not on the bicep, too high or too low, it's pasul. Pasul kuliyama. Akei nochen limnoyim elaniach tefillin gedoylem. Therefore, one should avoid putting on large tefillin. Because the end of the kitsitsa, the end of the kitsitsa means the end of the edge of the tefillin will be protruding past the bicep. And you're not going to be wearing the tefillin in the right spot. Just like the tefillin shalroish, the end of the tefillin of shalroish, which we'll get to, Hashem, have to be 100% above the original hairline. And you can't have, we don't say, I'll, I'll say it like this. The majority of Paisim do not hold that if majority of your tefillin are in the right place, the minority is okay. We don't pass him like that. The whole entire thing has to be in the right place, above the original hairline. So too over here, the whole entire tefillin has to be above and on the bicep. Unless... If a person has large tefillin shalyad, and then he ties it on the upper part of the bicep towards the armpit, where the gross says, and the precious say, that's where the tefillin shalyad belong, then it's going to be on the right spot of the bicep, because it's going to hopefully end still on the lower part of the muscle. 
וגם זה לא ינוח להוקל לכתחילו בזה, אחרי דדס המחבר רמול, דדס המחבר רמול להחמר בזה. And therefore, the Mishmur says, don't put on tefillin that are too big. Here's a scenario where sometimes we think you get something which is bigger is better. No, that's not correct. Smaller size tefillin, in this case, would actually be better because, because you'll definitely put it on more in the, in the right spot as opposed to larger size tefillin, you run into problems. If you only have large tefillin, like we just explained, better to tie them on the higher part of your bicep towards your armpit, but it's still on the muscle. It's still on the muscle. It's still on your, your muscle. And you will definitely fulfill the opinion of the gra and the other poiskim. As opposed to putting it too low, and then the tefillin will not be resting on your muscle, and and then you will not have fulfilled the mitzvah of tefillin shalyad, and the person will have made a bracha levatala. People do this, unfortunately, on a regular basis. They think they put it on tefillin, and unfortunately, they're not wearing tefillin. Okay. The Ramaz says further. Now we discuss the case of a Gideon. Now in a different limit we have, we are learning the suya of Yivamis, which we're not going to get into now, about the mitzvah's chalitza. How does a person do chalitza if Rachman Latzlan, the, the person's missing a foot? Can, can chalitza be done? Okay. Now the shaila is, can the person put on tefillin? How does he put on tefillin if he has part of his arm or his arm Amputated. That's the question we're dealing with now. A gideim, an amputee, she'ein lo yad, he doesn't have a palm. Okay, yad here we're going to see means doesn't have his palm. Rag zroya, he only has his arm. Yeniach b'loy bracha. The Ramah says he should put on a tefillin without a bracha. Put on a tefillin without a bracha. Says the Mishtaru and Sivkot in Hey, Shaino Yad, what's Lamishanito, Pisas Yad Smoiloi, Imkola Kona Ad Kuvda. So his whole entire palm and his forearm, unfortunately, have been removed. Or maybe he never had it. Maybe he was born without it. So in this case, we're saying you should put on the Tvilin without a Bracha. I will Imnishuk Tsas Miakone Gam. But if he has some of the forearm, the kone is referring to the forearm, as we see in the picture over here on page 18, right? On page 19, rather. If he has some of the forearm, then the Rishonim, the Arzaruah, and Taisis say he's chayiv in tefillin, He's obligated to wear tefillin. And not only that, he also makes a bracha. So apparently at that point in time, there was uh, the ability for the Chavetz Chaim was able to acquire the Sefer Orzuro that was just printed. Okay? The Ramos said that if a person's arm is amputated, he doesn't have the hand, he doesn't have the forearm, so he should put on a tefillin, but without a bracha. Beloy bracha. He says, take a look at the Be'alacha. Ain lo yad small klal. 
Let's say he has no left arm at all. But let's say he has a little stump of an arm of right, right past the shoulder, but he doesn't have any bicep, he doesn't have any muscle. He's potter from putting on the tefillin, even on the right arm. There are those that are machmir, and the Sharetzinia brings from the Shus Yaakov and the Arts Tachayim that if he is going to be machmir and put it on his right arm, obviously someone's going to have to help him, right? Then he should put on the tilt without a bracha. No, no, then standing behind is why without the bracha, because, well, the bottom line is he's not chayiv in the mitzvah and he has no ability to do the mitzvah. So you'll say, okay, but he's putting on the other arm. Is, is that called his yad keha? Is that called his weak arm? It's hard to call that his weak arm because he only has one arm. So mistama, that's his strong arm, right? The whole gidim is small. This whole discussion when he became a gidim, amputee with, with his small, his left arm. Do Generally speaking, person but tefillin where on his left arm. I will inas a gidim be a min, but if he became a gidim be a min with his right arm, I feel a niktok like kol hayad. Even the whole entire hand was removed. He is still obligated in tefillin, and he should ask others to put it on. Why? Because in this case, he does have a left arm. So it's interesting. What's interesting here is like this. We have a, a mitzvah of tefillin. Tefillin goes on which arm? The yat keho. The weak one. But here we're saying that there's a difference between whether or not he is missing his right arm or his left arm. Because if he still has his left arm, so apparently we're saying he still has a mitzvah of tefillin. And he should ask others to help put it on. As opposed to saying, but now he's called a lefty. And he's, if, he's, if he's called a lefty, and he doesn't have a right arm, so then how can you put in the tefillin now? But that's not what we're saying here. I just want to point out this aura. Okay. That was Sif Aleph. We now continue with Sif Beis. Haminiga nochen shi hayud shal kesh etfilo shal yad litzad halev etfilo olav litzad chutz. Now we're discussing very practical halacha that applies every single day to tefillin and even to Shabbos. So you say Shabbos, you don't wait till on Shabbos. The yud of the tefillin shal yad should be towards your heart. And the yud of the tefillin shal yad should be touching the bias. The bias, the house, the box of the tefillin. Not only should it be touching when you're wearing your tefillin, we'll see that it should be touching, the yud should be touching the bias even when your tefillin are in your back, in your tefillin zekel. Says the Mishnah Rura, or rather, the Mechaber, Haminigan Nochen Shihayud Shal Kesha Tfilo Shal Yad Tzad Haleiv. The Yud should be towards the heart, and the Tfilo, the Tfilin, should be towards the other direction, the Tzad Chutz, away from your heart. 
Now I just want to be clear. What that means is, is that the yud is closer to your chest, and then you have the bias, then you have the tefillin. Yesh lizar shloi tozos yud shal kasher meatfilo. One has to be careful that the yud of the kasher, the yud of the knot, should not move around, and it should be tightly connected to the bias. Okay, first he brings here Haminiga Nochain that the Yud should be the Yud she had Yud shall Kesha Tvilo shall ya shall ya that the Yud should be towards the heart. And this is learned out, it's a din of the Gemara. When you have Din of the Gemara, says the Mishnah, a din of a Gemara is very strong. Din of a Gemara is very strong. And that's what he says over here. It's a din from the Gemara according to the Goinim. Siv Kotan Ches. Okay, what is he saying now? He's saying like this. How do you tie the tefillin shalyad on your arm? So you have a loop that comes out from the bias. You have a loop. Okay, here's your loop, and you put the ritsua through the loop, and then you tie it on your arm. What the Mishtabru is explaining over here is that this loop should not be too long, but rather it should be shorter, that it should be close to the actual yud of the, of the tefillin. And this way, it'll be facing towards your heart as well. As opposed to if the loop is very large, like in this picture over here, this loop will not be towards your heart. Let's read that again now. I am bear lachish kasadu shenochni zor shlo yarchiv harbi es kefel a kasher haniva sheretzu averes bucket they she she take gamokim hiduk aretzu samuch letfilm letzadalev and that's what it means that that doubled over retzua that you put the retzua. Through it, kefil is double. It should be close to the yud because then it will be near your heart as well. Okay. The mechaber concludes: yud Be careful that the yud of the kasher should not move from the tefillin where it is. It should always be touching. So today is Lamedalid. Yesterday we had Shimbayachai's yard site. By the way, it was also the Ramaz yard site, according to many, which I neglected to mention in the morning shear. So here we bring the Zoya Kodush and Parshish Pinchos, that's Machmir Mo'id, very strong words, that the Tfilin, the Yud, should always be connected to the bias. And there are those that are that even when the tefillin are in the bag, the yud should not move from the bias. And for this reason, there are those that they tie the yud with a sinew. with a tefillin. So is that a good idea or not a good idea? So it sounds like it's a very good idea. This way, the yud stays connected to the bias. However, the Mishra says, Roy Levatel Zeh. 
it's appropriate to nullify this minig. It's not a good idea. Why? Because the understanding is that the person is putting this gid, this sinew, over and under the tefillin. It's going to go on top of the tefillin, meaning it's going to tie the yud. Here's your yud. Take your thumb and put it next to your, your right-hand thumb and put it next to your left fist. And you're going to take this zeroya, the, excuse me, you can take the gid and go all the way around the whole entire tefillin. And then it's going to be chaitz, it's underneath you. It's going to be separating between you and your tefillin, your arm, will have this gid going underneath it. Going around the titura. It's going to be a separation between the arm and the tefillin. You can't have a chatzitza. You can't have any separation. Now, it's interesting because what I've seen many times is what people will do is they'll take the gid and they'll put it, they won't go underneath the tefillin. They'll loop it through the same place of the mavarta, mavarta of the of the tefillin shalyad is the place where your ritzuas go through. The mavarta is where the ritzuas go through. The lotion of oiver, it goes, it's passing through. So they'll put it through the mavarta, connect your your yud, and then tie it together. And then there's no concern of the gid going underneath. That is what I have seen numerous times and what Saifram do if there is a need to connect the yud to the tefillin. Now, Lulavushi Yisrod says there's another issue what people do which we should stop. What is that? When they tie their tefillin on with the straps of the ritzuas, they put a ritzua, a wrapping, underneath the tefillin. So you have the tefillin resting on the arm, but really it's not on the arm, it's really resting on top of another ritzua. And that's what Levush Yisrod says is a problem. Now, on the next page of the page of the Mishnah Rura, we're going to see that he's going to tell us min b'minoi einechaitzitz, which means if you have the same min, the same species of an item, the same type of an item, one resting on the next is not going to create a chaitzitzah. So let me ask you, where does the ritzua come from? Which where does it come from? It comes from the cow. Comes from the cow. Where does the tefillin, the bias, come from? It comes from the cow also. Okay, so it's min b'minoi, so it's not chaitzitz. So what's the problem over here? So he's saying what the problem is, that l'chadchilo, we should still not do that. L'chadchilo, it's still better not to have the ritzua underneath the bias. Many years ago, I spoke to Rafilo David Shlita, and and uh, there are those who have a minig of, of putting on the tefillin like that. Rafilo David said, it's better not to do that. And, and you see over here, the Mishmur is also of that, that, I mean, Mishmur is, that's where Philip David's thumb is coming from. Okay. Siv Kotin Yud Aleph. Siv Kotin Yud Aleph. So we said that the Yud should not move from the Kesher. 
of the of the tefillin v'yachtech v'tatir v'tituro l'maylo v'yadek ayud gam ayudim abayis. And so he's basically saying they should tie the v'yachtech v'tituro or the v'tituro. You should tie it. Um, you should cut rather. What, what he's talking like this. You know how if you look at your tefillin shalyad, you'll notice there's an indentation where the tefillin goes through. The, the ritzua goes through the, it's called the ma'varta, the piece that is, has the ritzua going through, it's called the ma'varta. Now what he's saying is, cut an indentation, and then you'll be able to pull with the ritzua the other direction, and then the yud will be by, it's going to be touching the bias. That's exactly our goal. So you'll ask me, well, why is it cut on the other side? Maybe to look symmetrical, I don't know. But, you could also, if need be, it can be switched and the kasher can be made on the other side. Let's say a person needs to borrow it for a tefillin shalyad. But that is what he's referring to, that that section, that section over here, in the picture now, you'll see, cut this out a little, and then you'll be able to pull the ritsua close to the bias, and the yud will be touching the bias. And that's, that's another way that Seifrim fix, Batamachers, they fix this problem that the Yud is too far away from the bias. They'll cut out that little section a little more and pull it, and you won't even need to use a Gid. You won't need to use the sinew. And I actually had that. I used to have a Gid. And then one of the Seifrim, what he did, Batamacher, he cut out a little more. He shaved down a little more, and he pulled it tighter, and it's always there. It always stays tightly next to the bias. Let's see one more halacha here, Sif Gimel, where the Mechaber tells us, The correct minig that the ma'avarta, the correct to establish and make the ma'avarta that the Ritzua goes through, should be towards the shoulder. And the kitzitza means the end of the tefillin should go towards your fingers, your hand. What is he talking about? question is, how do you put on tefillin? Which is the direction you put on tefillin? I saw Bar Mitzvah Bachar. I was watching him, and I, Hashem, I helped him sometimes. And he took out his tefillin, and he put it on totally opposite, backwards. Instead of, instead of the end of the tefillin facing his fingers, he's putting up the end of the tefillin facing his armpit, his shoulder. So we all know we don't do it like that. Well, how is he supposed to know? It's his first time putting it on. So that's what the Mechav is telling us. That the side of the Mavarta should go towards the shoulder, towards the Kosef, the shoulder. And then the Mele, you're going to have the other end, the kitsitsa, it means the edge of the tefillin, the other end is going to be facing your fingers. Says the Mishra Sif Kotin, Now, what happens if you're borrowing, a lefty borrows your tefillin? Or you're borrowing a lefty's tefillin? And you can't properly take out the Ritzua and make the new Kesher on the right side. He says, Ayin, 
the Bir Halacha. So the Bir Halacha on the next page brings from the Mishkanus Yaakov, and he says what a person should do if he's borrowing a leftist tefillin, and he's a righty, or the righty is borrowing a leftist tefillin, he should turn the tefillin the other direction, upside down, if you will. I'll hope it's being clear what I'm saying. And yeah, I'll just read the words over here. He's a lefty, and he only has the feeling that I'm not a lefty, of a righty, or, or the other way around. If he could turn around and put the the kitsitsa, meaning the end of the tefillin, which is normally facing your fingers, he turns it around, and now it's facing his shoulder. The mavarta litsara yad, and the mavarta, where you put the ritsua through, goes towards your hand. That's how the Mishkinas Yaakov says to do it, as well as the Mishkinas agrees on his daiti bevadei toiv yoyiselases kashus Yaakov. Not the Mishkinas Yaakov, but rather the Shus Yaakov, that you should turn it around, as well as the Arts Achaim. Okay, we'll stop here. And the Mitzvah we pick up from Siv Dalid next week. So Dal will be discussing that we cannot have any chatzitza um, by the tefillin. No chatzitza, no interruptions. Discuss a person has to have a, a band-aid on his arm or his head. What should he do?